welcome to the official Black Country Healthcare podcast, Mind Over Natter. This month we're going to be talking about the topic of loneliness and social isolation, which is something we all need to think about, especially as Christmas and winter approaches. So today, two wonderful staff members from different areas of the Trust join us, um, including Employment and Walsall Memory Assessment Service. Would you like to introduce yourselves to start off with? Yeah, my name's Dan Harbin. I'm the Vocation Specialist for the Loneliness and Social Isolation uh, Service. And hello, my name is Dr Stephanie Howarth and I am a Senior Clinical Psychologist working in the Warsaw Memory Assessment Service. So welcome both and thanks for joining us today. So as mentioned, today we're going to be discussing the importance of staying connected and feeling supported throughout your personal and working lives and the impact loneliness can have on people and it's something that's not often thought about or considered during the festive season and beyond. Could you tell everybody a bit about how loneliness and social isolation can actually be defined? Yeah, so HUK has a really helpful document, um, so I'm just going to talk about what it summarises. Um, so loneliness is not the same as social isolation. People can be isolated, so alone, yet not feel lonely, and people can be surrounded by other people, yet still feel lonely. So loneliness is a subjective experience of lacking desired affection, closeness and social interaction with others. It's a subjective feeling about the gap between a person's desired levels of social contact and their actual level of social contact. So it's one of the major factors that older people worry about. Um, And there was also a Hidden Citizens report from 2015 that described loneliness as a negative experience that involves painful feelings of not belonging and the disconnectedness from others. It occurs when there is a discrepancy between the quantity and quality of social relationships that we want and those that we have. Thus, loneliness is a subjective psychological perception, so it's an unpleasant experience that occurs when someone's relationship is deficient in some way, so either the amount, the quantity or the quality. Whereas social isolation is an objective measure of the number of contacts that people have. So it's about um, the quantity, not necessarily the quality of the relationships. So people may choose to have a small number of contacts, so you can have one or two best friends out of choice, but that quality of interaction is very high. So when people feel socially isolated, this can be overcome relatively quickly by increasing the, lo- the number of people that they're in contact with, but loneliness is a different phenomenon and it's much more difficult to work with that. Um, So nearly half of all people aged over 75 live alone. One million older people in the UK say that they always or often feel lonely. 10% of people feel trapped in their own home. Almost half of older adults in the UK over 65 say that TV or pets are their main form of company. Nearly 600,000 older people leave their house once a week or less. 200,000 people in the UK do not receive the help that they need to get out of the house or flat and around 30% would like to leave more. So thinking about the impact of those statistics and the impact of loneliness, um, AGK also states that loneliness can be as harmful to your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, which I thought was really astonishing. Um, People with a high degree of loneliness are twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's disease, so the main main, most common form of dementia, um, as compared to people with a low degree of loneliness. 
So I found that really interesting. Obviously, I work for Warsaw Memory Assessment Service. This is kind of what we do as a service. We assess for dementia. Um, so I found that really interesting because what we need to ask ourselves is, is there a cause or effect there? Is there a relationship or a correlation? Is it that people are getting a bit withdrawn in the early stages of dementia and that's caused by the dementia? Um, so something like such as apathy, lack of motivation, things like that. Um, and is loneliness um, a consequence of that? Or is it that they're getting less stimulation? So less kind of like, you know, neurons in the brain connecting, making those connections, and therefore that can cause a dementia or, or a cognitive impairment. So research has also found that people who took part in more health maintaining and independence maintaining behaviours were less likely to feel isolated more likely to feel their community was a good one to grow old in. So I guess that's just reflecting that importance of being part of a, of a community, um, you know, to have that sort of connectedness there, really. Um, but also, it, I guess it's reflecting kind of that, that motivation that some of that individual might have as well. So motivation, I guess, is a key um, natural combat to, to loneliness or risk of loneliness. And I'm just thinking, particularly for older people, um, loneliness can be associated with poor eyesight and hearing, sleeping problems and dietary inadequacies as well. So that's, um, if you think about it, if you can't see or you can't hear very well, then that's going to be a big barrier to engaging with the world outside, isn't it? So that could also cause more older people to be withdrawn from the community and therefore they're at risk of feeling, feeling lonely. Thank you, that's really, really useful to know. So what would you say the key signs and symptoms to look out for are? Um, well, going back to the Hidden Citizens report, so they suggested um, that there are a number of pathways into loneliness and it can be separated into internal and external factors. So internal factors reflect the understanding of the person. So things like what's their socioeconomic characteristics, what's their values and their beliefs and their personality and what's their capacity for resilience like and things like their self-esteem, their self-confidence and the way that they understand and relate to themselves and other people. Whereas external factors are thinking about this person in the wider context. So what does their social world look like to them? How is it experienced by them? Um, do they have supportive relationships with family and friends and are there local formal and informal support or social groups that they belong to um, or they could belong to and are there factors that prevent social connections such as you know being out in a rural environment lack of transport um, some older people it might be not driving um, and have they experienced a significant change in their life recently which might be something like um, a bereavement moving house to be closer to the rest of the family um, that could be coupled with retirement or ill health or stopping driving or things like that. So, um, um, so one of the things we need to sort of look out for um, is people who maybe are without a partner or a spouse, again losing someone to bereavement. Um, that's one of the major determinants in the majority of older adults in England um, that will determine if someone's going to feel lonely. Um, but it's not a unique concept to older people. Um, anyone can be lonely, and it may that you it may be that you are lonely at one point in your life, 
um, and then things change, but then you're not, no longer lonely. So there are significant things that might impact um, older people more, such as loss of friends, so their social network, being in poor health, having reduced family contact, and having contact with children is, um, is supposed to be really effective at combating loneliness. Um, and it doesn't have to be children within the family, it could be any, any children. Um, so interestingly, having children and not feeling close to them is actually associated with higher rates of loneliness than being childless. Um, and a final determinant of loneliness is kind of wealth, and there's a clear and significant correlation with socioeconomic status and loneliness. So although wealth is an important um, determinant of people's life satisfaction, its effects decline when you're over 75. So people um, we need to look out for are older people who've lost their friends, who are in poor health, with reduced family contact, and whose wealth status is low or changed. That's fabulous, thank you so much. So would you say there are any specific activities which would be easy to do or that you could recommend for anyone feeling lonely or socially isolated? Or is there any you know, general advice that you'd offer? Um, so this time of year, as the winter coming on to Christmas, a lot of people find this intensifies the loneliness. Um, so to, to, to try and avoid these feelings, it's best to make a plan. Have something in mind of what you're going to do, you know, so perhaps leading up to Christmas, maybe arrange to meet your friends or family for a coffee, plan for a walk, go for a walk and talk with a friend, very therapeutic. Um, maybe a Zoom night if you can't get out or you don't want to meet sitting face to face. Zoom night, chat with a friend or a quiz night. Um, aim to talk to at least one person a day, whether it be the postman, the neighbour, maybe the shopkeeper down the road. Um, and you know, these might seem, seem simple, but they, they definitely can help. Uh, contact someone you've lost, touch with, maybe a simple Merry Christmas, how are you? That can just start a, a conversation off. Um, there's lots of online workshops, free, festive workshops if you want to be getting into Christmas spirit, from carol services to card making to baking. Um, and, and, and being creative also gives us a sense of being together, helping to without blowing those feelings. Um, Yeah, so and, and for Christmas, if it's Christmas Day you're actually thinking of being going to be on your own, don't just wake up Christmas morning and think, what am I going to do today? <laughs> don't think you're just going to get up and say, what am I going to do today? Have something planned. You know, have some nice food in the house. It doesn't have to be that turkey dinner with all the trimmings. It could be whatever you fancy, what your favourite foods are. Get dressed up. Don't sit around in your, your dressing, your, you know, your sleepwear. That can only be moved down. Uh, make the home feel comfortable. If it's not Christmas decorations you wanted to put up, maybe some flowers or a nice scented candle. Um, have someone you can call or text. Plan something for the New Year's, another good one. Having someone to look forward to, and that could be anything simple. Again, a catch up with a friend after Christmas, or it might be something bigger like a holiday or a weekend away. Something that you're going to enjoy and look forward to. And if, if, if it all comes to that, you don't have to celebrate Christmas, it could be just another day. Just picking up on one of your points, Anne, actually, that you mentioned that um, sometimes it's, it's speaking to some, just one person a day 
and some for some people that could just be going to a shop and talking to the cashier there just thinking I know it's actually quite a stereotype but that um, older people um, that could be their contact for, for the week not just the day um, I'm just thinking about my grandma that's what she used to do she used to go out shopping once a week and she would talk to the cashier <laughs> at great lengths, telling all sorts of personal details and that, but that was her social contact. Um, it wasn't that she was necessarily socially isolated, but that she was she was lonely and that was one of her ways of trying to combat loneliness. So that's really important um, for anyone really, but I'm just thinking for, for older people as yeah. well. That's their sort of outlet, isn't it really? Yeah, getting to know your neighbours, you know, if there's mm. somebody you know who's on their own, maybe out the door, make sure they're getting all the help they need perhaps offer a meal or a cup of coffee, um, just keeping an eye on if they are on their own. Yeah, being a part of um, a community is really important, isn't it? So um, what I was thinking about was that so loneliness, it isn't a, like an illness, it's not like a disease. Um, so it can be quite complicated, really. So any intervention or any service that we provide needs to take individual circumstances into account. The most effective intervention seems to be around group interventions with a focused educational input or provided sort of targeted activities in which um, older people are active participants. So interestingly, um, ineffective interventions are one-to-one -one activities conducted with people in their own homes. So um, what we were thinking about is that it's really crucial that you know, the role of community centres um, particularly for minority ethnic older women, um, as providing a meeting point for sharing identity, language, cultures and experiences. Um, and this is really essential as minority ethnic populations could be isolated um, or marginalised on the basis of language alone. Um, and services aren't necessarily catering for them. We know already that that's a barrier for, for many different services. So a further barrier is lack of engagement in setting up of these services. So health providers might get a service up and running, we might be able to do that with our own research, our own skill, but then nobody turns up. And that's because it may not fit with um, their culture, someone's culture, and what they want to do. So I was just thinking about it as a trust, how we could evolve and develop and involve ethnic minorities a lot more to help reduce loneliness, is thinking about how we could co-produce with ethnic minorities um, to create a service for ethnic minorities to reduce that barrier to encourage people to engage and combat that loneliness. Um, I can't remember where this was now. I, I, um, I found an interesting um, study that looked about older men and, and loneliness. Um, so older men seem to have a different set of needs in general to older women. So loneliness is reported by five to seven percent of older men and social isolation, loneliness and stressful social ties are common in men and associated with poorer physical and mental health a higher risk of disability, a poorer recovery from illness and early death. And the findings from this um, study were that social activities that are acceptable by older men um, can be a challenge. Um, so they are much likely less to join groups than older women. And that's where much of the intervention evidence that we've talked about is. So if they're not going to join a group, then they're in like an evidence-free zone, as it were. So it's really important that we engage older, lonely men in what they specifically want and target individual interventions and make sure that they're co-produced again. Um, and one of the best ways of doing that, that this, this research found, is that 
um, engaging men in groups um, that are based on sort of work-like activities, so which give men a sense of achievement and belonging. So these successful interventions that kind of facilitate learning of new skills, it could be like um, a, you know, a wood workshop or something like that, um, and using or improving these skills that they already have, a way of sharing knowledge with their peers, and all of these promote a sense of kind of like accomplishment and um, provide opportunities for engagement with, with other men, providing that connectedness in that way. That's all really, really interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So just, just picking up on that with the, the older men, men of any age actually, there's, there's quite a few uh, organisations specifically for men and men's groups. And as you say, learning and, and being able to use their skills and they have uh, through the through their working lives. There's uh, groups called Men's Sheds, where they can go and make things. Um, these sometimes either sold to raise funds or even for charity. They also have these repair shops. So again, it's, it's men who've got various skills and people take items there and they will repair them. So again, it, it's about the, the men feeling useful uh, and being able to use what they, they, they know and their knowledge. Thank you, Anne. That's really, really interesting. So could you tell us a little bit more about the services that your team offers and any other services people could access for support? So the service I work for, we sit, I sit within the employment uh, NHS Employment Services and as I said it was the Loneliness and Isolation uh, Project. Uh, this was launched June this year and uh, we were fortunate to secure funding which was raised by Captain Tom, the gentleman who did all the walking last year for us and uh, raised lots of money. Um, and yes, so this is funding out of the project, which we've called Let's Talk. Um, so this is available to anybody within the black country, 18 or plus. And uh, we, basically we give the client a call, have a chat, find out what support they need. This could be a telephone call. It could be that they're thinking long term and maybe wanting to return to employment or studying of some kind. And we're just that first stepping stone to help build the confidence, build the social networks um, and helping them to get back into community and um, build those connections. Um, we run various groups ourselves, we do our walk and talk groups, we've also got our gardening project, uh, we do our remote coffee mornings and uh, with coffee mornings we tend to have a topic so we've always got something to talk about um, and um, it's very informal, have a chat, have a coffee. Um, as I say, this every other week. Uh, we're also having a quiz morning as well, so again, this is online um, for people to access if they're, if they're not wanting to meet out in person. Uh, we also connect with other services at all sorts of groups within the areas, um, that whether these be online or in person. Um, so, yeah, we, I mean, as I said, we signpost to various uh, organisations. So, on, the, on national ones, these Age UK. Stephanie's mentioned there's a silver line they do a befriending service and also online uh, services also the Red Cross they do various workshops and services um, so the other one is uh, Every Mind Matters there's lots of information and places on there uh, if you're looking for something in particular to reach out for further help that's great and people can just google those can't they of course yeah and find the details so that's that's fabulous. Um, and how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to take part in any of the services or activities you've mentioned or if they'd just like some general advice from yourself? So uh, we, we do promote service on our social media and um, 
So if you Facebook, you can, we're on Facebook and also on Twitter. Um, we've got our telephone number 07909213184. Just give us a call. Um, and we've got our Let's Talk flyers with all the information on there as well. Great, and we can share those with, with our people who are listening today. Um, any other final thoughts? Uh, yeah, so a, a, a big one is volunteer. You know, fabulous way to make you feel good by knowing you're helping others. And it's a great opportunity to meet and chat with new people. And this, again, doesn't have to be actually face-to-face. There's many organisations operating a telephone friendly service, such as the British Red Cross and the NHS volunteer responders as well. Always looking for volunteers. Um, another one, exercise. It doesn't mean go and join the, the gym or go for a jog. Just a walk around the block. When we're active, the brain releases all these feel-good hormones uh, and helps lift our mood, uh, especially if you're outside. So maybe just that walk around the block, you know, can really lift your mood for that day. Uh, you may want to join a group. There's lots of community walking groups. Most councils have some kind of health walks weekly. Uh, or there's running dancing groups, etc. in the community. And of course, if you're feeling times when you're feeling really low and you need to reach out for that extra support or a listening ear, there's the crisis text line or the suicide prevention. And there's 24 hours, seven, seven days a week helplines. Someone will listen to help explore, to relieve it, how you're feeling. That's great. Thank you so much, Anne. So, um, yeah, that's fabulous. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us and for taking time out to speak about the services available to anyone who may be lonely or socially isolated, whether that's you or someone you know. I think people have found this really informative, so thank you.